Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And unusual circumstance here, Nick. I don't think, well, I know for a fact that this is the first time we're recording a podcast when the Chiefs are below 500. So, um, you know, how, how are you doing today? Are, are you are you up in your feelings this week at all? No, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Now, if they don't get the win this week, then right. uh, I, I will not enjoy my Twitter mentions. Those uh, people will be trying to punish me in my mentions like I have any part of the game plan or the roster decisions or anything. So it, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case because I know that was – I will say that was always something that uh, – with Therese and I always joked about with each other during the week. Oh, great. Another chief's loss. You know what that means? <laughs> We're going to get punished for stuff. We have no control over. <laughs> so it was a, it was a nice little running thing. Cause I, I warned him when he started on the beat, I was like, dude, I was like, I'm just letting you know when the chiefs lose, like, this is what happens, man. And I was like, imagine doing this during a two and 14 season. And then <laughs> he, uh, he, it was always a little running joke uh, for quite some time after that. Yeah, well, clearly, um, you know, you just haven't had enough, uh, you know, haven't made enough decisions. I mean, like, like, have you suggested that they work on, like, ball security and stuff like that this week? Or do you just not care about the Chiefs winning, Nick? I feel like the coaching staff, if I said anything <laughs> or gave them any tips, they would just look at me and be like, are you serious right now? <laughs> so I, uh, I try to avoid, I try to avoid things like that. I know I will... Uh... <laughs> I will say this, and it's it's just it's just a fun little backstory, real quick. Is there was one week when the Chiefs were going to be playing Peyton Manning back in fourteen or fifteen, and like the I was like, man, I was like, I hope Sutton Sutton just needs to use this five two front man to collapse the pocket on Peyton. They'll get it figured out. And I told I told Teresa like, should I talk to Sutton off the side about that if they'll let me? And then Teresa was like. No nah, man, nah, don't do it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, uh, I, 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 it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I email Andy plays that I've designed every week. Um, so far he, you know, they never use any of them. So I don't even know if I have the right email address. <laughs> it says, uh, the, it says the real Andy Reed at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. I play this week was run the one where they don't fumble. <laughs> yeah. That's not a play Todd. <laughs> well, it should be. Um, so anyway, speaking of Andy Reed, um, yeah, obviously pretty good news. Um, or as good as you could have hoped for when, when he left, Sunday's game, uh, you know, in an ambulance. And then he was released from the hospital Monday back to work, uh, by Tuesday seemed to be in, in fine spirits when, when he met with the media on Wednesday, um, and again on Friday. So, um, you know, it looks like, um, concerns that they may be without him this week, things like that. Um, you know, that's not an issue. So, um, you know, I know that that's gotta be a relief for the players and everybody in that organization that, uh, um, you know, Andy seems to be doing all right. Yeah, no, I mean, you you just hope everything turned out. You're, I mean, obviously, for him to get released, everything turned out okay. Yeah. So you just, you know, you rooting for his health and everything of that nature and that everything's going to be okay. And um, that's, that's all you can do. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how much that remains a storyline moving forward. But at least for now, I think the big storyline revolving Andy Reid this weekend now pivots to the, the fact that he won 140 games, including the playoffs when he was the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
so far, including the playoffs, he's won 99 with the Chiefs. If if the Chiefs win at Philadelphia, and and they're they should, right? I mean, I think we both agree that they're the better football team, and the, and they should get back to their winning ways this weekend. But he would become the first NFL coach um, in history to win 100 games with two different franchises. I mean, that to me, especially now that he's got Super Bowl 54 victory in his, in his back pocket, um, I think that cemented his his place in the Hall of Fame. But this would just elevate Andy to, you know, continue to elevate him into another stratosphere of elite NFL coaches, don't you think? Yeah, this this uh, the 100th win with two different franchises. In fact, no other coach has done that. Like that <clears throat> one that shows long, longevity. So that shows that you you know how to build a culture. You know how to build a winning program to be able to do that with two different franchises. There's not a lot of coaches that have stayed at that second franchise long enough to have that opportunity. So for a coach to be able to do that and to build two really successful foundations and programs and cultures over over that type of span, that that speaks volumes. Because I mean, if you think about it, think about Bill Bill Belichick. You know, he's he he did it with the Patriots, but he wasn't able to do it with the Browns. I mean, there's good coaches out there that just can't replicate what type of system they're going to run and what type of atmosphere they're going to have in those locker rooms. And Andy Reid is one of those rare, rare occurrences that's been able to do that. So yeah, that's, that just puts him on, in my opinion, that puts him on another stratosphere in terms of the coaches that would be in the hall of fame. I mean, people will argue about super bowls and things of that nature. And that's, uh, that's obviously another piece of the puzzle, but, um, for him, that's just a different level of consistency. And in a way it's its own, it's its own kind of compliment and also recognition of just how that guy gets it when it comes to the league. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's been to three super bowls, only won one, um, you know, but he, he's taken teams to eight conference championship games in his 22 seasons he's completed. So um, that's a pretty, pretty impressive track record in my opinion you know uh if you can if you can show that kind of consistency um you know and look he's he's it's not by accident i mean he's had good players i mean donovan McNabb, alex smith you know patrick mahomes have all been uh very good quarterbacks during his run but uh you know and andy would be the first to give credit to the players i think um and say that it's not all about him but at the end of the day the common denominator during those now in his 23rd season um, the common denominator for that success has been Andy Reed. So um, good luck to him. He's going to get that hundredth win whenever, but there would be some, it would be kind of poetic for it to happen in Philadelphia. I think it, w- it would be very fitting that he was able to do it in Philly. And then he also did it again <laughs> in Philly technically. So it, it would be uh yeah, it'd be a nice little kind of recognition and also remind also remind Eagles fans of just kind of what he brought to their franchise for more than a decade uh, in terms of winning there. Yeah. Um, the other big news this week was, uh, I don't know if you heard, but um, um, the, the chief signed a wide receiver who has recently been reinstated from the NFL. Um, um, you know, Josh Gordon has been an all pro in this league. He's obviously um, had plenty of issues, um, been suspended. I think, five or six times for um, violations of the NFL substance abuse policy. Um, you know, so, um, you know, obviously that's part of the storyline, but he's look, I, I think he's a guy who has, has worked at getting it right. And, and, I, and he's only 30 still. And, and when he's on the field, 
he can be a game changer. Now, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, I think it's going to take a couple weeks for him to get into the system, but um, can Josh Gordon be a difference maker for this offense? Um, or do you think this will be much ado about nothing before it's all said and done? I don't think anybody definitively knows that answer. I think everybody's hoping for the best. I think everybody hopes that he's got it turned around and that he's going to be able to be able to have some staying power in the league and be able to kind of, you're kind of hoping the chief's culture and the chief's locker room atmosphere is something that kind of can help keep him on the right path and give him the support system he needs to be able to, to not have any issues with the substance abuse uh, policy that the league has. So you're hoping in that regard, you're hoping that that kind of, that he takes advantage of this chance because he's had plenty of chances before to kind of, write things in the league. So you're hoping that this is the, that this is the one that is, you know, that can make that happen. Um, but with Gordon, I mean, look, I mean, we'll see, we'll see where he's at by the time, uh, by the time they give him the opportunity to play. So, I mean, I, I, it wouldn't stun me if they don't have a package or a couple packages ready for him in that Buffalo Bills Sunday night football game. Yeah. But I think that is the earliest that they would be able to realistically get him in, for a handful of plays like they did with Kelvin Benjamin, whenever they had him for a little bit, but I think this can be a significantly different experience than what Kelvin Benjamin was for the Chiefs. So I just, uh, if, if Gordon's in good condition and if he kind of will, if he's puts in the work that he needs to, I mean, him and Tyreek Hill can be a dynamic duo together in terms of what they, what they need from that number two position or potentially number three spot, depending on how they would rotate him in among receivers. Yeah. I mean, the, the talent is undeniably there now. Now I mean, he's been out of the, you know, he didn't play last year. So, you know, I mean, from a physical conditioning standpoint, you don't know, but, but listen, I mean, when you start hearing Tyron Matthew, whether it's hyperbole or not, start throwing around a comparison to a guy like Calvin Johnson. Um, I mean, even if he's, you know, half of Megatron, then, you know, that's still, I think, an upgrade over what some of the, what the Chiefs have been trotting out at, at sometimes, you know, at that wide receiver spot. So, um, you know, like I you know, like you said, I, I, I obviously he's not going to play against the Eagles. Um, at least I wouldn't imagine, but um, you know, moving forward, I, I think it could be a difference maker, but I do want to ask too, like are concerns about the chiefs offense overblown a little bit in your mind, because the chiefs have been moving the football, right? Like, I mean, they haven't had any trouble moving the football and, and putting up points except when they've had turnovers. And I feel like the chargers game was an extreme outlier, um, in terms of, you know, losing the turnover deficit four to nothing. And I think it also obscures the fact that the defense outside of early in that Ravens game, is not really creating turnovers? I mean, I think if there's a little bit more balance there, I think that you see the cream sort of rise to the top, the cream being Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, and, and the things that they can, you know, the ways in which they threaten and force defenses to adjust and change. Do you, I mean, do you think that this is a, substantial problem moving forward? Or do you think that, look, they've just been unlucky with the Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumbles, um, you know, and, and that, you know, that, that luck will start to balance out as they move forward and you'll start seeing more of what fans have gotten used to from that offense, or at least in terms of points on the board. 
Um, I, I don't know if I mean ball security is is in fact ball security. I mean you gotta you gotta protect that football, and that, to me that doesn't necessarily involve luck in that regard. That's just that's paying attention to detail and and doing everything you gotta do to make sure that you hold on to that football and protect it in every single way imaginable and don't leave it loose enough for someone to be able to strike or punch it out. Now, whenever you get hit by, uh, by a defender, like you did by uh, Adelaide there on that one. And if you got hit another uh, from another side too, with a ball punch out or something like that, those are the times where that, that you might be able to, you could probably potentially say, man, that was just a violent hit that, nobody can hold the ball security, you know, hold the ball on during that one. So those are to me are those rare occurrences when it all comes together. But um, I think part of it is people are used to seeing the offense get massive chunk plays and have massive explosiveness opportunities and be able to just score at will. And to be able to see them have to work their way down the field, I think kind of is just a different process of what this offense is facing. And, feels like they have to be more methodical versus explosive uh, at will like they used to be. But also part of it is, I mean, some of the times when Mahomes has to take off scrambling and the timing on the routes isn't open or isn't there, those are those are times where the offense gets out of sync and gets gets out of, uh, out of position in some ways to where they can stay consistent on down and distance. So whenever they lose those opportunities, that's where I think that offense kind of has some of its bigger issues and it gets, in my opinion, gets out of sync. So that's where they're, they're going to need the running game at times to help keep them even on down a distance and the run blocking to finally completely gel together. It's on its way. And it was always going to take to week six to week eight for that to happen. But once that's up to speed and if they had another reliable receiver, then the offense could really kind of click and be able to force defenses to not have to respect Kelsey and Hill as much as they do because they would have two other options that would be causing them problems. Well, here's what I would say. Like, like if Josh Gordon can be a transformative force, um, you know, the, the, the rest of the NFL is already on notice. Cause even with all the turnover issues, even with the, you know, even with the, the problems we've seen from the chiefs offense, they still are averaging more than three points per drive. They still rank second in the NFL and points per possession uh, when they have the football. And so, um, if the Chiefs can figure out the turnover situation and add another weapon, I think it's pretty clear that they are still the most or one of the most elite offenses in the league. I think at this point you'd have to put the Rams and the Bucks in that conversation too with the start to the season they're off to. But in the AFC, I still think that they're the best offense going. Um, and, and if they can, like I said, address the turnover situation and and get better with the addition of Josh Gordon, to me, I think that's still you know, puts the chiefs as, as the team to beat in terms of offensive firepower in the league. So I'm not ready to like, you know, as we talked about before, I I don't think now is the time to panic. Um, If the chiefs continue to have these problems, that's when I think it's warranted. Yeah. We'll see how things unfold. They'll have a massive test on Sunday night football against the bills in two weeks. because the bills offense is humming right now. Yeah. Well, speaking of the bills offense, I mean, obviously it, it, it's not Patrick Mahomes that has to deal with that. Just like it's not Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, who has and company who has to deal with, with the Eagles offense. But when you watch this Eagles team, you know, and look, maybe some of it should be expected under a new coach and Nick Sirianni, but it feels like they don't have an identity on offense right now. Um, you know, I mean, they, you know, Miles Sanders had two carries for 27 yards in that game. I mean, they, they, 
you know, they're running the football well uh, at times, but then at, at other times they completely abandon it. Like, what do you see from this offense right now? And, and, and you know, are you worried about any, any matchups in particular with the chiefs defense? Um, <clears throat> to put it very bluntly, the Eagles are a quarterback away from being a dynamic offense like that. That's uh, that. And some, some tweaks along the offensive line in terms of adding some pieces at the guard spot and, and probably left tackle um, like that. That's what's going to, that's, what's going to take that Eagles offense to the level that they need to be because they're trying to do stuff that makes Jalen hurts comfortable. So they're trying to help. They're trying to let hurts kind of run a system that he's comfortable with, with the play action, with the read option, with how they're doing some of the run game and how they're kind of letting him scramble at times. But the problem that, that Jalen has is he didn't have the, he, he didn't have a very good ability to drive the football deep. He underthrows it because he just, he can't drive it that far. So since he can't drive it that far, he's got a lot of underthrown passes that the receivers are having to come back for. So, I mean, with, with Smith, with Devin Smith, and then also with Jalen Rieger, those two are going to be good receivers along with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. They have, they have the receiving options. I just don't think they have a quarterback that can take advantage of the explosiveness that they have at those skill positions, a tight end and receiver. So I think that causes a lot of the issues right now. So I think until they have a quarterback that kind of, can do what they want to do in the offense and execute it up to the, to the ability that they want. I think they're just going to be a, a mixed match of what can be put together to give them the best chance to win for that week. Do you, do you worry at all that they're going to try to, um, you know, put together a game plan that is Baltimore Ravens light. Like, I mean, Jordan hurts is or Jalen hurts is a mobile uh, you know, mobile guy. I mean, he's a guy who who can hurt you with his legs. Do you, I mean, after watching the Chiefs struggle with, you know, with some of the option schemes and stuff like that, if, if you're an Eagles coach, are you putting some of that stuff in and, and seeing, you know, making the Chiefs prove that they've figured it out and, and, and making the Chiefs prove that they can stop a running quarterback, um, you know, to, to maybe help Jalen get more comfortable, maybe create more space down the field to give him a little bit more margin for air? Here's what I'll say about that. I'm sure they will try and they will see if it can work and if they can get some conversions off of that. But the difference between what the Ravens did and the Eagles did is Lamar, is Lamar Jackson's speed. Jalen Hurts isn't even in the same in the same stratosphere as Lamar Jackson when it comes to speed off of that. He's not he's not a threat to run it well. And and honestly, I think Patrick Mahomes is faster scrambling than Jalen Hurts is. So, and, and, and Alex Smith is significantly faster than Jalen Hurts was to give people reference points, the terms of the speed. So, I mean, they may try it, but I'm telling you, Hurts isn't the quarterback that he just isn't the quarterback that's going to be able to, to command that type of respect with the speed that he has. I would, I, if I were the defensive coaches, I'd be more worried about making sure you stay with Miles Sanders than potentially, you know, locking in where Hertz is going to be every single time. Like if that's, if that's the way they want to go about it and they want to try to win the football game by that, then I would let them because the speed's not, it's not there. So the, the chiefs athletic ability that they have at their backer and in spots, they would catch up to him very quickly. Yeah. You, you mentioned miles Sanders to me. He's, he's the wild card there. Cause I, I think he's a very good bat. You and I both liked him coming out of Penn state. Um, 
And, and look, I, I think he's a guy who can make plays. Um, it's mystifying to me why the Eagles aren't trying to get the ball in his hands. I mean, they ran the ball well early against the Cowboys and then just completely abandoned it. Are you expecting a heavy dose of Miles Sanders in this one and for the Eagles to to try to kind of maybe even overcorrect for the mistake of not getting him enough touches last week? I, I think they're going to try to figure out ways to get him and the tight ends on some screens. I think they're going to try to run some of their read option stuff off of it. And they're, they're just going to kind of see how things go with it. But like I said, with not having a threat of Hertz having the same speed Lamar does, I just, I think it's going to fall flat for him. And they're just going to have to figure out ways to get Goddard and, and Rieger and Smith the ball in different ways because like even I'm just telling you, even when Hertz throws it deep to Rieger, like he underthrows him by at least five to seven yards at minimum. And that's on the 30, 30 to 35 yards downfield. So I'm just saying like, it's not, <clears throat> this is a matchup for the chiefs defense. They're not facing, they're not facing a Baker Mayfield or a, a Justin Herbert, and they're not facing the speed of Lamar Jackson. So I just, there's a lot more favorable opportunities for this defense to quote unquote, get right in some regards and not have the issues that it's had at times over the past three weeks. Yeah. It, it, it isn't official yet, but Jordan, Mylata, the, the left tackle missed the Cowboys game. Um, as we record this, um, you know, hadn't practiced this week yet. Um, looks like he's, uh, you know, questionable at best right now, whether he's going to be available. Um, and, and look, I mean, the chiefs love to blitz. I think this might be one of those weeks where the chiefs can get right, um, with the pass rush a little bit, take some pressure off. Is there any, I mean, look, of course, Frank Clark and Chris Jones have also been limited this week for the chiefs. Um, you know, Charvarius ward continues to be, um, you know, um, limited as well with the quad injury. Um, do you, you know, what, what's your level of concern with the health of this chiefs defense and, and what do you think they need to, to get from, you know, either a DeAndre Baker or, you know, or the Alex Okafors of the world, if some of those guys are limited or can't go? Um, for, for the secondary, just be able to find the football, find, be able to find the football and not create a PI whenever he underthrows it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my biggest goal for the, for the secondary in that end, or have Matthew kind of spy around and, and jump on some of the routes or Thornhill for that matter with the range that he has. So those, those are opportunities on that end. And then, on the uh, look, I mean, on the pass rush, I mean, there's just they just show some blitzes, even if you only bring five, just show some blitzes because Hertz will speed up and get that ball out quickly and throw it before the sticks. So, like, they're they can have manageable down and distance if they just show it, don't even have to do it, just show it. And, and so, they this is a week where they can they can dictate what they want Hertz to do and they can put themselves in manageable down and distances simply by doing that part of it. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, uh, they're, they're, they're going to have to probably do something to take a little bit of pressure off their cornerbacks because in addition to Ward, who didn't play last week, um, you know, Legereus Sneed, he's practiced all week, but he's a little banged up with a quad injury. Chris Lamonts has been dealing with the bicep injury and Rashad Fenton hasn't practiced this week with a concussion. So the, the chiefs have some concerns in terms of their depth at cornerback right now. And so, um, certainly don't want to leave those guys too exposed. If you can help it. Look, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be real, man. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, 
whoever goes out there is whoever goes out there on defense. Like, I mean, it's not like the Chiefs are or the are the eighty five Bears right now on defense, and they're not, you know, they're not a top ten lockdown defense. So if they miss a person here or miss a person there, I mean, I don't, I don't think it changes the the dynamics of it too much right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, like you could tell me Chris Jones and Frank Clark aren't, aren't going to play. I'm like, well. They didn't have a pass rush anyway. So, I mean, it's, you know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't change the barometer for me on, on a lot of the stuff about who is or isn't injured. I'm like, well, they got an opportunity to look at some other guys now. I mean, you know, it's just like, that's just what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, the way this thing's going right now, it's, it's going to be up to the offense being on point to be able to help this team get to where they need to go. Is that fair? No, but that's the reality of what this roster is right now and where they're at. So that's going to be up to the defense on getting right and getting it corrected and bringing some pressures and attacking in a way that makes hurts head spin. And I can tell you right now, the, the Cowboys didn't really have a good, um, they don't really have a good pass rush right now with who all they've got injured. And they even put their linebacker uh, Parsons as one of the rushers at times. And guess what? They, they got after hurts significantly. So, I mean, there's, it's, there's opportunities for the chiefs to be able to get a pass rush. It's just a matter of who do they want to put in what positions when they want to get that. Cause in my personal opinion, you got to move Chris Jones to the three tech, you do that and you give yourself a chance to win. And then you got to put Wharton in a spot to where he can rush a passer. And then if you want to keep Reed in there, that's fine. But um, Reed just hasn't shown much in run or pass so far this year that has warranted why they signed him. And it also shows why Seattle was willing to get rid of him at this point and why they felt like they were behind the, that maybe his best days were past him, just like they did when they were electing to trade Frank Clark. So, um, and then it gives Dana some chances to work on his stuff. So, I mean, look, they're, they're going to have to make it work with what they got. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you look at what the Eagles secondary is right now, too, I mean, I, I, this feels like a game where if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, they should be able to win going away. Um, and, you know, I mean, look, it's the NFL that the Chiefs have, you know, have ha- had a run of, of one score games here. But, you know, this this certainly feels like it sets up for a get right game for the Chiefs and the kind of performance that they can alleviate some concerns. And I, And I think that's what you want to see and you need to see if you're a Chiefs fan and you think that this team is is a Super Bowl contender again. But I would also say we're still early in the season. Um, and personally, I'm much more interested. Um, yes, the Chiefs can't afford to blow games like this, but I'll be much more interested to see what the Chiefs look like in December um, than I am with whether they look perfect in September when it comes to you know, what I ultimately, you know, what, what you ultimately expect for them to do this season. Like, like, you know, if it's like 2019 when they had to build their way to becoming a good defense um, and, and, and the best team in the NFL, that's fine. This week, you'd like to see them take a step in that direction. I think. Yeah. As long as they win, I don't really care. I mean, I know it sounds bad of me to say, but look, just, just win the game. Like, I mean, right now you just need to win the games. And like, if you, as long as you're right by the, as long as you give yourself a chance to a get in the playoffs and be, be in the playoffs, then, you know, then, and and that's where you have your best defensive performances and I'm all for it, but just whatever gets you the win. Like that's, that's what they need this week. Plain and simple. I mean, I know you guys can't see it, but Nick is wearing black. Um, and channeling his inner Al Davis saying, just win, baby. I mean, that, that's what I took from this. 
I'm actually wearing a gray shirt, so we need to get you. <laughs> it looks it we, looks black on the we Zoom. Need to, we need I'll to, send you the screenshot. I'll send you the no, screenshot. No, thank you. I can I see it right now as I'm talking on the Zoom, and it shows that it's a gray T-shirt. It, so it is, gonna, it is we're absolutely gonna work, not. We're going to have to work would, with would you. Would you on say it's like color. a silver gray? No, it's a gray shirt, so we're going to have to work with you on your colors. Um, all right, I'm, I'm sending you the I'm sending you the screenshot. Um, I don't need to see the screenshot. I'm literally wearing the shirt, Todd. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, so um, I got nothing else. I mean, I, I feel like you know, like like I said, this is uh, you know, this is a game the Chiefs should win. I think this is finally the game where if the Chiefs don't or you know if they have problems, this is finally the game where I think panic could be warranted. Yeah, we'll see what they do with their ball security, how they respond with that, and we'll see how the offense responds, and we'll see if the defense can get a lot of pressure that they need to and if they can force some turnovers. Those are all kind of the key points of what they need to do, and they need to do it by a significant, by a very telling margin in Philadelphia. So if they can do that, then then you know we'll see what happens with Buffalo. Because I'm telling you, when Buffalo comes in here next week, they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready in a way that I don't – that the Chiefs, the Chiefs have already seen this year three different times, but it's just this Bills, that Bills offense a little, that's that's pretty potent offense that the Chiefs are going to be going against that's starting to fire on on significant cylinders at this point. Yeah, and that's, look, you, you always knew that they've been to three straight AFC championship games. They've won the AFC championship the last two years. You know, we've known for a while that the Chiefs are going to get everybody's best shot. This isn't new. This isn't revelatory in any way. Um you know, and I think the Chiefs learned that, like, when you're playing teams in that situation, your margin for error is decreased. I think this is a game, though, where they've got more margin for error than they did the first three weeks of the season. But you'd still like to see them go out and put together a complete game and show that they're capable of playing um, closer to perfection. And then, uh, you know, and then that would set up that that Bills game, which would have some pretty huge playoff implications at that point, um, you know, as a. Uh, as a heck of a game on Sunday night football in a couple of weeks back, back at Arrowhead stadium. Yeah. Cause I mean, if the chiefs can get this win, I mean, they're at two and then they're playing the bills. So if the bills get that, then not only do they get the tiebreaker over the chiefs, they hand the chiefs their third loss of the year. Yeah. So to where the chance of the AFC championship going through Buffalo gets rather significant. Well, on the other hand, if the chiefs, you know, if the chiefs were to win in Buffalo, then, or I mean, if the chiefs were to win against Buffalo, then that knocks Buffalo down to where, you know, the Chiefs and them are even and the Chiefs hold the tiebreaker in terms of head to head if the Chiefs win against the Eagles. So that's that's a, a very significant game for potential playoff implications. But step one is to beat the Eagles. So uh yes. we'll talk to you Sunday. Um and find out whether the Chiefs uh check some of those boxes that, that we did you say like Sunday to. or someday? I mean, either, either, or, you know, <laughs> okay. we'll talk to you someday about that game. If they play it on Sunday, <laughs> so, I mean, it'll probably be Sunday in fairness, but you know, um, life is chaos, Nick. Nah, well, I'm, I'm done here now. Todd. <laughs> All right. Take care, kids.